This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm David Stein. When I'm not talking to other people about money on Money for the Rest of Us, I'm stacking Benjamins. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and welcome to the theme park of podcasts. Today, to help us kick off the summer season, we welcome swooshing in from theme park insider, Robert Niles. Plus, we'll slowly roll into our headline segment and address the question, where's the best place to save for a house or a short-term goal? The answer might not be what you're thinking. Then, we'll whip around to throw out the Haven Lifeline to a lucky listener, wheel around to answer a letter from the mailbag, and crest the big hill of my amazing trivia. And now, two guys who are in the front seat of today's roller coaster with their hands in the air like they just don't care. It's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. And what a roller coaster of an episode we have for you. Welcome to Wednesday. I'm Joe Salci. Hi, Average Joe Money on Twitter. This is if Wednesday's hump day, OG, that means that today is like you're at the top of the highest hill on the coaster and it's all downhill from here, baby. Are you a front of the seat roller coaster guy or the or the back to get the whiplash? You know, I actually, depending on the coaster, I like them both, don't you? But I, but I got to tell you, I'm a little, you've known me for how long? Six minutes. I kind of tell, I kind of tolerate roller coasters i like them but i get on them and my heart starts pumping and i get uh really kind of freaked out every single time i ride one and so i'm more of a middle seat with my head down kind of dude (laughs) with the puke bag if you want to know who i really am yeah i used to back when i was younger i would uh, scream like a girl just for fun and uh i would crack up everybody around me because i would just i would just scream i would scream the entire way yeah, and I used to embarrass my kids when we go on roller coasters. By the way, we're going back to Cedar Point this year, so I can't wait to... Uh, my sister really wanted to go and said, hey, will you go with me? I'm like, absolutely. So can't wait to get back to a theme park after taking a couple of years off. But we got Mr. Theme Park with us today, Robert Niles, coming down to the basement. And that means summer is here. If you've never heard Robert on the show before... Uh, he's the way we always ring in summer, telling you how to get the most value out of your trip. If you're going to spend the money, OG, to go to a theme park, you should probably make sure that it's worth the money. I mean, how many times have we seen people, you and I both at Disney, and it's like four in the afternoon and the whole family's like angry at each other. And it's the, it's the opposite of fun. You can see them milling around aimlessly. You need the map. You got to have the fast passes. You got to have you got to have your plan in place. You got to have just a little bit of strategy uh, when you go to these. And Robert can share all of that. We've got all that and more. But here's a way to save some money so that you can spend it at the theme park this summer. 
Thanks to Ting for supporting Stacky Benjamins. With Ting, you pay a fair price for the talk, text, and data you actually use every month. The phone you already own, guess what? That's probably going to work with Ting. Get 25 bucks off your phone bill at sb.ting.com. Start with SB, sb.ting.com. Thanks also to LinkedIn for supporting Stacky Benjamins. LinkedIn Jobs uses knowledge of both hard and soft skills to match you with the people who fit your role best. Post a job today at linkedin.com slash SB and get $50 off your first job post. Great show today, Robert Niles. But we got headlines first, so let's get rolling. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our Stacking Benjamins headlines. Our first headline comes to us from Business Insider. And I thought this is an important basic for people just new to money management and maybe not so new OG to money management. A financial planner explains where to keep your money if you want to buy a home in the next few years and where not to. Like how many times have we seen people approach, I'm building up a fund of money for X and they're always worried about the wrong stuff. I'll be interested to see how this goes. Just having a conversation a couple of weeks ago with somebody who is saving for a specific goal and they were kind of frustrated that um, they're like, yeah, but I think that money could be working harder. That's exactly but what people like, think. It's like, no, yes, it shouldn't. Worried Just about the wrong stuff. And it's funny. Take your medicine. That's exactly where this piece is headed. Love it. Uh, this is Caroline, Caroline Lupini. Caroline Lupini wrote this. She writes, if you're saving up for a major purchase like your first home, you're in a delicate position. It's a large amount of money, so you want to make sure you can earn interest. Exactly, OG, what your friend was Mm -hmm. talking about. But you don't want to run the risk of losing your precious savings. So where do you keep the money so it grows without risk? They asked Brian Face, a CFP, CRPC, and founder of Michigan-based Face-to-Face Planning for advice. It's not Face-to-Face. It's Face, the number two face. (laughs) Uh, Brian getting crazy. And he does it online, but go ahead. Just getting crazy. The right place to keep your money, Brian says, a high yield savings account. If you're buying a home or making another large purchase within a year or two, says Face, you want to put your money in a place that will grow some but cannot lose principal. That place, a high yield savings account. I recommend clients put their money for a house in a high yield account. One earns at least 2%. Unlike an investment account, that will keep your money secure and give you a nice bonus to help you reach your goals faster. Why? Why Why do we always want better than that? I mean, more. Give me yeah, more. Yeah. More, 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 more. It's just like, uh, you know, somebody saying, I just started my savings account. I think I should do some esoteric hedge funds. It's like, right. no, do the normal stuff. This is how this works. The problem is, is that when you get creative, occasionally it works occasionally it pays off. You know, if you're, if you were the person who in 2012 said for the next five years, I got to save $20,000 a year for my house down payment. I'm going to put a hundred thousand dollars down in five years and I'm going to put it all in the market that worked out for you. And so you go, Oh, that's that must be how that works. But most of the time it doesn't work out with the volatility. So you, sometimes you just got to take your medicine and just be okay with the fact that that's just how it works. If you're wondering where you can earn Above 2%. I mean, we like Magnify Money. There's lots of places online. If you use our link for our sponsor, stackybenjamins.com forward slash Magnify Money, you'll find several of them. But uh, they're, they're, they're not as hard to find, OG, as people think they are. It's not. And if it's a timed goal, three years, there's nothing wrong with using like a CD. Well, and it's actually funny. It talks about a CD uh, next in here. It says, if you, if you know you won't need that money for a few months, check out CDs especially online banks, because online banks are going to pay higher than brick and mortar banks. They don't have a lot of the cost overhead, so they can do it. And it says, in fact, CD rates now can be as high as 2.8. But remember, they won't allow you to withdraw your money without penalty for a set period of time. And if you're still building the fund, most CDs you can't add to after you lock it away. Right. So you could take you know, every year you could get, if you've got a five-year goal, you save for a year, then you buy a four-year CD, then a three-year CD, then a two-year CD, then a one-year savings account. And you can kind of ladder the interest like that if you know the time frame. They go on to say in this piece, something else I think is important, which is if it's a short-term goal, like a house purchase, these are the perfect places to put your money. But outside of an emergency fund, OG, 
these are horrible places to have your long-term savings. So it's mm-hmm. funny, people like, what are the best places? It all depends on the time frame because these are rotten ways to save for the long term. And inertia really takes over on the cash side of things too, because if you don't have a specific number in mind on cash reserve, it gets real sneaky because you go, well, I think my cash reserve should be $20,000. And you get to 20 and you say, well, 20 is really nice, but I think 30 is even better. And then you get to 30 and you go, 30 is swell, but 50 would make me feel nice and comfortable. And you keep on doing that. And then without paying attention in five years from now, you go, oh, how did I get $130,000 in my savings account? Well, it's because you didn't have a plan for the top of that. And more specifically, you didn't have a plan for what to do after you hit it. You were accumulating it at $2,000 a month going, I got to build my cash reserve. And you did it. And then you never switched gears. You never said, okay, now that goal is accomplished. Check. Now what do I do with the next tier of my goal? And so the default kicks in and then you wake up five years later and go, oh, dang, I probably shouldn't have had hundred grand sitting in my checkbook this entire time. If you're worried about risk, go back and listen to our episode a couple of weeks ago with Erin uh, Lowry talking about, because she was very risk adverse and really learned quickly that uh, there's different types of risk. And one of the big risks is what you're talking about, that you'll have to save dollar for dollar for retirement. How hard would that be? Well, in my mind, that's really the only risk. The word risk means the chance of loss. Everything else is just volatility. So if you are trying to avoid the chance of loss, the only chance of loss is not keeping up with inflation. Then you technically are, by definition, very risky, which is really funny. What you're afraid of is volatility or variability in your day-to-day account balance. And again, if you've got a really long time frame, like forever, which most people should have, especially when you're talking about long-range financial independence goals, then the day-to-day ups and downs of the market shouldn't even register. It's not that it shouldn't matter. It, it shouldn't even be a thing. <laughs> like You should have so little interest in it that it's not even on your radar screen. I love pieces like this because of the fact that it, it points out It points out stuff that should be obvious, but questions that we get all the time. So obviously a lot of people wondering about that. And by the way, I also love this piece because of course at the bottom, it links to another related article, which is what happens if you don't wash your hair for a full year, which I think is an important. It's a good transition. That's Save money. Save money by not buying a shampoo. I don't know. Yeah. Our next piece comes to us from the Wall Street Journal. Love this one. Somebody in the basement Facebook group alerted me to this piece, which is so fun. Uh, Spencer Jacob wrote this, making monkeys out of the Sone investing guru. So, of course, there's the Sone conference, which has all of the best and brightest in the investment community. Spencer writes, no animals were harmed in this financial experiment, but some human egos were bruised. Burton Malkiel famously wrote in A Random Walk Down Wall Street that a blindfolded monkey throwing darts at a newspaper's financial pages could select a portfolio that would do just as well as one carefully selected by the experts. So a year ago, the journalist at Heard on the Street decided to see if they could beat the creme de la creme, fund managers presenting their stock picks at the annual Sone Conference in New York. Basically, they asked the experts for one pick each. They then threw darts, and you know where this comes out, OG. The S&P 500 averaged 11.1 over the year. The Sone experts did negative 9.7 and the darts did 17.3. Which explains our investment management <laughs> philosophy. There it Everybody is. Everybody looks at me really weird when I've got all these holes in the wall. If there's ever a reason to index. Or just stay away from hedge funds. We, we present to you, Your Honor, uh, Exhibit A right there. Yeah, I thought that's great. We'll link to it in our show notes page at stackybenjamins.com. I think we need to do something like that, though, man. We got to do that in the basement. Let's put up some Wall Street Journal pages and throw some darts or somehow pick a portfolio for a year randomly and see mm-hmm. how it does versus the S&P. I think that would be a blast. That's kind of a Len Penzo-ish experiment, you know? I like the idea. We'll have our resident um, Excel expert create a table for us and randomize it. How's that? Yeah, I think that will be fun. More on that coming this summer. And then we can bet on it and throughout the, and then the house will take 20%. And is that too far? One person you don't want to be made a monkey out of is yourself. Don't want to be embarrassed if you're ever in the position where you have to hire somebody and you don't hire the wrong person. I've done that before. 
And uh, you don't just make a monkey out of yourself. You know what happens? You end up having to extricate yourself from just horrible, just an absolutely horrible hire. And then you waste so much time and energy between the time you spent training them, acclimating them, and now removing that person. It's exhausting. And frankly, it's not good for that person either. I mean, why do they want to waste their life doing something that where they clearly don't fit? Hiring isn't as easy as putting an ad in the paper or posting on a job board. With more qualified candidates than ever, you need something that helps you find the right people for your business. And LinkedIn Jobs does just that. With more than 500 million active members, people come to LinkedIn every day to make connections, grow their careers, and discover new job opportunities. LinkedIn Jobs uses knowledge of both hard and soft skills to match you with the people who fit your role best. So things like collaboration, work ethic, adaptability are all taken into consideration. So LinkedIn Jobs can help you find somebody that's not only qualified, but they also match with your company's and your team's culture. LinkedIn Jobs gets your job in front of the most relevant qualified candidates so you can focus on making a hire that you're actually excited about and not just duct taping. Post a job today at linkedin.com slash SB. And just because you're a Stacky Benjamin stacker, you'll get $50 off your first job post. That's linkedin.com slash SB. Terms and conditions apply. Always getting creative with how we bring in the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the LinkedIn. I'm a big fan. I want to go back to the paramutual betting. Um, <laughs> There's a paramutual bet uh, wondering if we're going to get out of this segment or not. Right here. Uh, I think our first takeaway is looking at uh, saving for a house or a short-term goal. I think uh, boring is better. And uh, on uh, having uh, hedge fund managers pick your investments versus throwing a dart. I don't know that either, either, either one of those is a phenomenal strategy. Our next guest is a gentleman. I never knew this. He's been on, what, four years? Five years? How long is... I could have looked that up. If only there was a place for me to look at how many times Robert Niles has helped us uh, issue in summer. Robert Niles is the editor-in-chief and the founder of Theme Park Insider, the number one place on the internet talking about summer fun. And we're going to dive into that here in a second. He worked at Disney way back in the day i've never knew that that he worked at <laughs> disney we're gonna we're gonna talk about that he worked at pirates of the caribbean apparently tom sawyer's island country bear jamboree the big thunder mountain railroad he was a frontier land guy so nice. we will ask him about his time there of course you've seen him everywhere cnn uh, npr cbs the bbc if they're talking about theme parks robert niles is the man and of course here he's coming back to the basement for 2019 Let's see where the deals are and where the hot new attractions are so that you get uh, your money's worth while you head out for some summer fun. Robert Niles coming down to the basement. And back for his annual trip to the basement to kick off summer for us. It's Mr. Robert Niles from Theme Park Insider. How are you, man? I am doing great. Thanks for having me back here in the basement. This is wonderful. It gets, it gets, it gets better. You don't get an opportunity to say that enough, do you? No, no, I really don't. I mean, I spend most of my time at the top of 300-foot roller coasters, not down here. Right. Exactly. I have to ask you about something on your bio that we've never questioned you on. I think this is our fifth year together. Oh, and, heavens. And so you used to work at Walt Disney World. You were a Frontierland guy. I was also a Pirate of the Caribbean. Ah. That's fantastic. Tell me about, from an insider's point of view, just briefly before we jump in, what's it like working for Mickey Mouse? I am still triggered by wearing polyester. We'll start with that. Because there's nothing quite like polyester double knit while you're driving a Tom Sawyer Island raft out sure. in the Florida sun in the summer and 100% humidity. That's good times. Great weight loss plan, though. Highly recommend that for anyone looking to kill a few extra pounds. Just shed them right off. That'll take it off. 
That is a big one, but it can't all be bad. I, I, you oh, no. must have it's fun. Fine. No, no, it's it's a great place to work when when you're the age that I was then, you know, back in college for summers, that sort of thing. It's basically, it's like you're getting paid to be on vacation. Now, granted, I was working at attractions. I'm outside. I'm having all fun with people on rides. I'm not, you know, washing dishes in the back of the kitchen or cleaning toilets or something like that. But, uh, you know, I had a great time working at Disney World. Did you have some takeaways from working there? You know, people talk about, obviously, customer service and Disney go together. The Disney Institute trained so many people, so many business people on that. A lot of people that came out of Disney talk about customer service. Is there something that you learned at Disney that still informs you today at Theme Park Insider? I tell you what, once you work there, that stink never washes off. I mean, to this day, I'll be in the park and people will hand me their phone asking me to take a picture. People will ask me directions. I mean, I might as well be wearing a costume and a name tag because people just see me as a cast member years after I stopped working for them. So there's something that Disney does in training that just it affects you for the rest of your life. You just have a vibe of, yeah, you can ask me a question. Yes, I'll probably help you. That just never goes away. And then obviously, I mean, this is still essentially the same stuff I'm doing at Theme Park Insider, where I'm asking people's questions. I'm answering their questions. I'm providing them guidance. I'm helping them plan their days uh, you know, at Disney World and other theme parks around the world. So, I mean, I, I guess it just kind of set me on a career path that I have yet to deviate from. That's that is so cool. Well, let's take our annual tour, good sir, around the country. Is Disney where the biggest news is this year? Absolutely. It's all about Star Wars this year, all about Galaxy's Edge. It's the uh, biggest lands that uh, Disney has ever made, 14 acres each. It's coming at Disneyland at the end of May and then uh, to Disney's Hollywood Studios at the Walt Disney World Resort at the end of August. It's going to be big. The hotel with that is uh, really going to be exceptional, is my understanding. Yeah, there's going to be a Star Wars-themed hotel at uh, right next to the Star Wars land at Disney's Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney World. Now, Disney has not announced an opening date for that. They're still pretty early into construction with that. But the idea is that you're spending your trip on a Star Wars starship. It's not just, oh, we have little decorations around there. The idea is that you are out in space they're using those same kind of fake window things that they use on the Disney cruise line for interior uh, staterooms where they have the, you know, the fake porthole that makes it look like you're looking out onto the ocean, except you're going to be looking out into space and they'll have a variety of activities. It's basically kind of like a live action role playing experience. If you really want to look at it that way, but if you want to know what it's like to spend you know, vacation on a star Wars starship, Disney world is going to be able to hook you up in a few years. Well, let's jump back into the land itself though. The land, land itself yeah. going to be that immersive? Well, you're going to be able to fly the Millennium Falcon. That's the big thing right now. I actually had the opportunity to walk through the land at Disneyland, which is pretty much complete at this point. No hard hats or anything required at this stage. So I got to stand in front of the Millennium Falcon, and it is the real deal. A full-scale, amazing detail. I didn't know the Millennium Falcon had headlights. It does. You can look into the cockpit and see where Chewbacca and Han Solo would sit. It is uh, just an absolutely amazing experience, and you're going to be able to go in there and fulfill a role flying that thing, whether you're the uh, the pilot, the engineer, or the gunner who's going to be shooting down TIE fighters. But uh, that's going to be the main experience when uh, the two new lands open. That is, that's so wild. Uh, I asked you this question when Harry Potter's uh, Diagon Alley opened. I'll ask it about this land. Do we try to go early, go this year, and be the person riding the hot thing, or do we wait till this simmers off a little? Disney is kind of opening this thing up in phases. For the first three and a half weeks at Disneyland, you need to have an advanced reservation to get in, and there's no standby line. And pretty much those reservations are all gone. Mm. If you make a reservation at one of Disneyland's hotels for some exorbitant amount of money, they'll slip you in. But otherwise, you won't be able to visit until June 24th uh, when it becomes open to everyone. But only the Millennium Falcon ride will be open. They have a second ride called Rise of the Resistance, which is kind of like uh, yeah, compared to the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland or the Transformers ride or Spider-Man ride at Universal, but kind of taken to the next level. 
but that's not going to open until later this year at the two lands. So, yeah, you know, I think there's a really compelling case to not be among the first here to wait until everything is opened and kind of all of the operations have settled down a little bit. But if you're a big Star Wars fan and you really got to be there, there will be plenty to keep you entertained if you are among the first to visit. So you've got this blow by Disney, and you've been in this game long enough to know you've got one uh-huh. blow here. You got Universal shooting back at them with a blow the other way. Universal, Absolutely. Universal, uh, Universal is countering with a new Harry Potter coaster in Orlando oh. and a refurbished Jurassic World boat ride in Hollywood. So they're coming out with their biggest franchises right up against Disney as well. Where is that going to be in uh, in Orlando? Okay. If you remember, they used to have that uh, Dragon Challenge roller coaster. It was a leftover from the Lost Continent land that used to be there before they put in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. They've torn that down now and basically built the Forbidden Forest. So there's a new coaster that's going to be going through the Forbidden Forest. It's called Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure because we needed a new super long name for a theme park ride. But you're going to be on that, you know, that motorcycle that Hagrid had. You're going to be either riding the motorcycle or in the little sidecar and going through this roller coaster adventure through the Forbidden Forest, seeing all kinds of magical creatures from centaurs to unicorns. Have you been able to see that yet or when does it open? That is going to be opening on June 13th. I have seen the blueprints for it and it looks spectacular. But it's, yeah, they're beginning to do a little bit of ride testing with that, but uh, no one's gotten on it yet. Uh, by, the, by the way, I know I thanked you last year for this when I went to Universal for the last time, which now I think has been a year and a half ago. I went to that restaurant Mythos, which was, oh, yeah, which was phenomenal. And I took a picture and sent it to you because they, <laughs> they still have the banner up that says uh, Theme Park Insider calls this number one. And it was, it was fantastic. Yeah, they won our uh, Theme Park Insider Award for Best New Restaurant again this past year. It's been a few years since they claimed it, but uh, it's really, you could probably find a finer dining experience at uh, another place, but in terms of value for the money, you're not going to beat Mythos. I mean, it is, it's a really nice restaurant that gives you, you know, it's, it's high quality restaurant food. This is not the type of stuff you expect from a theme park, but you know, it's good value and a great, wonderfully decorated space to kind of take a load off and enjoy an hour in the middle of a hot day and some nice air conditioning, eating some great food. Is there any reason if you're in Orlando, Florida, to go to SeaWorld, any of the other attractions out there doing anything special this year? Hey, free beer is back at SeaWorld. Uh, so I, mean, yeah, I know that in itself is a big deal. They've also got a really nice new Rapids ride at SeaWorld with kind of the tallest drop on any Rapids ride someplace called Infinity Falls. So, uh, you know, SeaWorld is all about getting wet. Uh, so they will soak you to the bone on that one. So they've got some nice stuff happening there. Bush Gardens all over in Tampa's got a new launch roller coaster called Tigris, which is the tallest launch coaster in Florida. It's a Premier Sky Rockets is is called the is the model. They have one at Bush Gardens on Williamsburg and in SeaWorld in San Diego that opened over the last few years. But it gives you a really kind of unique, fun vantage point over the park up there. So there's a lot of stuff happening all over the place in Central Florida this summer. Launch roller coaster. What does that mean? Does that mean I start from a stop and just launch out of the gate fast? Precisely. And this one's actually got three launches. So you're going to launch out of the gate fast. You're going to fall back backwards. It's going to launch you backward. So you're going to pick up a little bit more speed and then boom, a third launch, which is going to get you to your top speed up and over the big inversion that they have there. So that's uh, kind of a neat little experience. I'm, I'm sick to my stomach already just thinking about it. <laughs> let's maybe maybe don't do the free beer before you get on that one it's one to the opposite direction yeah beer later (laughs) do that now uh when you stay at one of these major resorts back to universal you know and maybe we could even put uh, some of the other places in here but universal the disney resort staying in the hotels there versus staying off site where, where do you come down on that 
uh, really comes down to the value proposition that you're looking for. If uh, minimizing the amount of money that you're spending is paramount to you, you want to get there and have the experience, but you just, you've got to contain costs. Really, you're going to be looking at staying offsite because that's where you're going to get the, uh, the lowest possible price. But if you're looking for some value and may have the flexibility to pay a little money for it, Personally, I think the best deal is up at Universal Orlando. If you are staying at one of their top three places, you get what they call their Universal Express Unlimited Pass for everyone who's in the room, up to five people. So basically, that means you're not waiting in any lines at any of the attractions in their theme parks and water park there the whole time you're staying. And uh, if you price that out, you know, you're basically getting the hotel. I mean, if you were to pay for that pass separately, uh, you're basically then getting a four-star hotel room for free. Wow. So in terms of a value proposition, I absolutely look at the top three hotels at Universal Orlando Resort. Boy, that's cool. And th- those those places look awesome. I've never stayed in them, but man, the architecture is really cool. Yeah, they've done a really nice job. Those are actually operated by Lowe's Hotels, which is one of the big premium hotel chains a- across the country. Uh, so you know, these people are hotel professionals. And you've got Universal Creative, who are absolutely wonderful at doing architecture. Even uh, some of their other hotels there that don't include the Universal Express Unlimited. Uh, the Cabana Bay won our award for best value hotel. It's this wonderful kind of uh, googie style, mid-century googie style architecture. Kind of takes you back to family road trips in the 60s and 70s if you're a geezer like me. And you know, it's a really nice style that they've got there. And there's some benefits they have, including early park admission, uh, where you can skip some lines as well, even if you aren't getting the Universal Express Unlimited Pass with that. You could easily set a geezer like us, and I'll thank you for not doing that. So that was very nice. But l- I'll let's, take care of you, man. <laughs> let's do this. Let's talk about uh, some fun closer to home, maybe. And, and I guess we'll split the country into quarters. Maybe do east, midwest, south, and west. So let's start out east. What's happening along the eastern coastline? Well, this year we've got okay. Okay, how do we do on? How do we want to like start defining things here? Because we've got a lot of different uh, uh, places. Uh, Carowinds. Let's go with there. Okay, let's start there. Uh, right on the North Carolina South Carolina border. Uh, they just opened a new ride called Copperhead Strike. It's a new roller coaster. They've kind of put a little theming to it. It's kind of got this, uh, you know, Granny is making jam, but actually she's making moonshine, and uh, she's going to come get busted, and, uh, you know, you have to hop on the roller coaster to escape. Uh, it's just, it's a fun little ride that they've got there. Kind of over the mountains at uh, Dollywood in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, they're opening a new uh, kind of children's land that they're calling Wildwood Grove. But they've got uh, some neat little just family rides that they're putting into there along with this big new tree that's going to be the center of some nighttime shows that they do with projection mapping and a lot of the kind of stuff that you used to seeing from Disney and Universal. But it's going to be at one of the country's top regional amusement parks. Can I ask you something Uh, before you go on, Robert, about those two parks in particular? I've driven by Carowinds like a lot of people have driving down the highway. It's right along the highway. Is is that worth, if, if you're just passing by it on the highway, is that worth taking an extra day and stopping at? Absolutely. They've got a couple of really nice coasters there, including one called Fury 325, which is, a lot of people say it's among the best roller coasters in the country. A really great giga coaster that, uh, you know, everyone who's been on it that uh, reads our site has highly recommended it. So I don't know that that's the type of place that you spend a week-long vacation, but for, you know, an extra day, Absolutely. Go for it. Okay. And then Dollywood, you know, that's right in the middle of a lot of outdoor fun. And uh, like I've, you know, I've been to Gatlinburg and been up in the mountains, Great Smoky Mountain National Park right around the corner. Didn't really think about going to Dollywood, but part of my issue, I don't know what Dollywood's all about. What do they really emphasize with that park? It's three things. It's uh, number one, music. They've got some of the best live entertainment in the country, which you would expect from Dolly Parton's theme park. Changes up every season, so you know they're just getting started for this year, so I don't know specifically what shows to recommend, but I've never gone wrong with a live show at Dollywood. Uh, also, food. Uh, they're run by Hershend Entertainment, which also does Silver Dollar City out in Branson, Missouri. They're really known for some really nice, you know, high-value, good-quality food uh, that they offer there. And then also just you know, some really good, solid 
amusement park rides. They've got some really nice roller coasters there and some really nicely decorated family attractions. So for a good family vacation, you know, you're talking about that day that you spend on a road trip going around the country. Dollywood is just one of the better choices you're going to find out there. That's really cool. Anything else uh, out east that we should uh, shine a light on? Uh, yeah, I'm not thinking of anything. I mean, there, there are a few, you know, world coasters coming there as uh, Six Flags America outside of D.C. is opening. They converted one of their stand-up roller coasters to a floorless model. But uh, yeah, most of the action on the East Coast is really happening down in Florida this year. Uh, Bush Gardens, Virginia, still your favorite regional theme park? I love that one. I mean, I would rank that up there with Dollywood and with Holiday World in Santa Claus, Indiana, as kind of my trio of you never go wrong with these with these parks. They've got a new uh, now that I'm I'm thinking about. They've got a new uh, Scream and Swing ride that they're calling Finnegan's Flyer. That's in their Ireland section, and it's just as it sounds like it is this eighty foot swing that you go wow. on. Holy cow! <laughs> Uh, we've got a ride video up on Theme Park Insider right now, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a pretty intense experience. Also up the coast at Hershey Park in Pennsylvania, they have redone their interactive dark ride, um, which is now uh, Reese's Cup Fusion, where you are basically battling the uh, legions of misfit candy to try and save the Reese's peanut butter cups from some dire fate. But it's you know it's a fun little shooter ride. I'm so hungry right now. I could, I could definitely save them a whole different way, but uh, uh, we won't go into that. It, in the Midwest, you know, you you mentioned it was funny when you talk about the theme park in Santa Claus, Indiana. I've had mm-hmm. so many people write to me that you're the one that introduced them to that park and got oh, them to good. go. Yes, that place. Uh, what's it called again? Holiday World. Holiday World. It, just, it was originally Santa Claus Land, but then they expanded. They added all the other holidays. <laughs> well, let's talk about the Midwest. Tell me what's going yeah. on there. Is that is that the highlight in the Midwest or any uh, someplace my, else? My highlight this year in the Midwest for something new is going to be at Six Flags Great America, north of Chicago. Uh, they're doing a new roller coaster called Max Force. Currently under construction. We don't have an official opening date for it, but they seem to be getting close. But this is a zero to 78 miles an hour in less than two seconds. So if you want to launch, uh, they will deliver it here. And they're calling it the uh, uh, fastest inversion in the world on this one as well. So it's going to be a high speed zero G roll up at the top of this thing. So, uh, you know, looking for some thrills head north of Chicago this summer. I uh, like the fact it's my podcast and I get to ask one personal question, which is I'm headed to Cedar Point. Anything exciting going on there? Their big thing was last year when they opened up Steel Vengeance, which immediately went to number one in our coaster rankings. Uh, it was uh, one of those Rocky Mountain construction conversions where they take an old rickety wooden roller coaster, slap some steel track onto it, and the thing becomes grease lightning. Uh, but Steel Vengeance was our number one coaster in the world last year, still topping our rankings. They're doing some kind of fun little interesting things with, uh, they're doing like this monster truck festival uh, at Cedar Point this year, and then some uh, barbecue festivals they're doing through the summer. So it's more kind of ancillary programming this year there because people are still hitting that steel vengeance coaster pretty hard that's cool i like that though that rounding out of the experience let's go to the south let's talk about the south anything uh texas our southern states we've got some new flat rides coming in at some of the six flags parks around the country uh as well but um you know really the big stuff that i'm looking at um it's not the south but if we kind of get to the mountain west if i can talk about denver for a moment oh, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. not normally something that we we hit in the theme park world but there's a small park there called elich gardens it was part of the six flags uh chain for a hot minute in the 90s but they've just dropped a new ride from an art installation collective called meow wolf they're based out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, and it is this completely trippy shooter ride that they've put in this theme park in Denver. We've got a, a video on our YouTube channel on it, and it's just basically if you took a lot of really creative artists and gave them a bunch of paint and neon and said, go create us the most you know mind-tripping experience that you can at a theme park ride, that's exactly what they delivered. It's called Kaleidoscope, and uh, it's 
certainly something unique. <laughs> that is crazy. Well, since we're headed to the Rockies, let's go over the Rockies. Let's talk about the West Coast. Yeah, big things this year in, in Southern California. We've got Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland. We've got a new refurb of the Rapids ride at Knott's Berry Farm called Calico River Rapids. It's the old Bigfoot Rapids ride, but they're putting in animatronics, decorations, storytelling. They're really tying it into the refurbishment of their ghost town area, trying to make that, you know, frankly, a Disney quality type of narrative experience. So they're doing that down there. Uh, SeaWorld San Diego is putting in a new ride they're calling Tidal Twister, which kind of pushes the definition of a roller coaster. I think it's more like a figure eight Himalaya than an actual roller coaster. But hey, you know, figure eight Himalaya, that sounds kind of fun. <laughs> and then at some point here, Six Flags Magic Mountain is going to give us a ride called West Coast Racers, which is going to be a racing launched dueling coaster kind of on a Mobius strip track. So you go on one side and then you end up on the other side of the race. And it's being decorated by the people who do, you know, West Coast Customs. They do a lot of these kind of Hollywood show car oh, things. Oh, cool. Don't have an opening date on that. They're, they seem to be a little bit behind on construction to have uh, opening early in the summer. But maybe late summer, early fall, we're looking at West Coast Racers at Six Flags Magic Mountain, just north of Los Angeles. I see people look for all kinds of, uh, you know, Disney discounts. And those, as you you know much better than I, are so hard to get. But these regional theme parks, it seems to me, Robert, are offering discounts all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, top piece of advice I always give people is follow your favorite park on social media because they will let you know about every discount that they're doing. We're actually on Theme Park Insider now. We've got a ticketing partner that is kind of aggregating a lot of discounts. So you can check uh, with us on our you know, how to find discounts page and you can find the latest available discounts uh, through that that we're keeping track of as well. So between that and following parks on social media, there are a lot of opportunities for discounts at regional amusement parks. And also, always look at annual passes. For a lot of places, it's not just that park, but every other park in the chain you might be able to get into. Oh. So if you're looking at a roller coaster road trip this summer, you can pay one price and then get into parks all over the country. I mean, this is a great deal with the Six Flags parks, for example. Yeah, that's a that's a great idea. Well, and, and does uh, Cedar Fair do something like that? Because they're all over the U.S. too, right? That's not very Cedar far. Fair, and- Cedar Fair has that as an upgrade. So if you go with uh, one of their past levels, it's good at all the other parks around the country. Uh, but if you're just kind of doing a lower price locals only one, it's only for your for your local park. So you've got to kind of price what you're looking for and what your plans are for the summer yeah that's fantastic now you talked about one new thing at theme park insider since we talked to you which is the the deal section tell me what else is going on new there robert yeah yeah we've been uh doing a lot of stuff with video over the past year we've got this new travel partner that's helping us aggregate deals with tickets and vacation packages around the country that we're really excited about. And, uh, you know, we're actually really excited about some of the international coverage that we've been bringing in as well. One of the big things that we hit on last year since I, I was down here in the basement was new theme park in Abu Dhabi, the Warner Brothers World Park that opened there, and just immediately went up to the top of our rankings. It's just this great indoor uh, theme park that's uh, opened out in Abu Dhabi like five minutes from the airport it's got wonderful batman superman dc comics flintstones looney tunes uh, all over the place great franchises and some really great world-class attractions and then next year we're looking forward to universal striking another blow against disney with super nintendo world coming to universal studios in japan so there's so much exciting stuff happening all over the world right now with theme parks that's awesome and you can find it all at one place which is themeparkinsider.com absolutely that was so fun as usual man thank you so much for hanging out with us for a few minutes and talking about uh, bringing summer back it is always a pleasure to come down here, but man, you got to get out of the basement. Go visit a theme park. Get some sun, man. <laughs> <I> totally do. <laughs> I'm taking you up on that advice. I said I'm going to Cedar awesome. Point. Awesome. Yeah. Very good. Hey there, theme park daredevils. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and let's strap in for some of my amazing trivia, shall we? Of course, with Robert Niles here, we had to roll out some roller coaster trivia. Earlier this month on May 3rd, the world's newest, tallest, longest, and fastest dive coaster opened for the world to ride. What's the dive coaster, you ask? 
Well, let old Doug explain it to you. These rides send you down a straight drop into a free fall for a little bit. In fact, this new roller coaster features a height of 223 feet, a length of 1,105 feet, and a maximum speed of 81 miles an hour. And bonus, there's floorless seating, which that park says is for enhanced visibility. Yeah, right. But I think it's so you can watch the poop leave your pants as you're falling. But surprises aside, let's get to your trivia question. The ride is called the Yukon Striker. Where is it located? I'll have your answer in just a moment. And no Googling, people. It's funny, whenever you switch phones, oh, gee, you think it's going to be difficult. And it was, it was so amazing how easy this was to change over to Ting. You can always bring your number to Ting. That's number one. Number two, it's not a prepaid cell phone company. At the end of the month, you're just billed for the talk, text, and data that you reach. The less you use, the less that you pay. With Ting, you can use any phone you want, like even the latest Galaxy Note 9 or the iPhone 10s, and still have an affordable phone bill. If you're around Wi-Fi all the time, like I am here in the basement, why pay for a set monthly data plan? With Ting, you just pay for your actual usage at the end of the month. They offer nationwide LTE coverage on both T-Mobile and Sprint, so the phone you already own likely already works with Ting. So just grab a SIM card. This is how easy it was. I got a SIM card from the Ting shop, and bam, I was good to go. More phones on one Ting account, the less you're going to pay per phone since usage is shared across all your devices. There's no contracts. So guess what? You get to try it for a month without having any strings attached. It was so easy. I went to the Ting shop. I got my SIM card. I put my SIM card in the phone. Ta-da. How tough is that? So I love the fact that I save money on my phone. I'm on Wi-Fi most of the day. When I'm not, I have coverage. And the best part is this, the average Ting bill, get this, just 23 bucks a month per phone. So that's essentially a month of free service when you go to sb.ting.com, start with SB, sb.ting.com, and you know what's going to happen if you use our link? You're going to get $25 off. How about that? sb.ting.com for your $25 off Ting phone service. Welcome back, Trivia Thrill Riders. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I'm freshly changed and ready to go. I watched a couple of videos of this Yukon Striker ride in action. Someone should really put up a warning because Joe's mom and I just screamed all the way through it, and we weren't even on the ride. Talk about anxiety-inducing. Before the break, I asked you where the world's biggest dive coaster, the Yukon Striker, is located. Even if you aren't the biggest roller coaster fan, you might have guessed based off the name alone. You see, the Yukon is one of Canada's federal territories, but if you went full in and said the Yukon, you'd be wrong. Your answer? Had you stuck with the Canadian clue, you would have been right. While not in the Yukon, the Yukon Striker is located at Canada's Wonderland theme park in Vaughan, Ontario, a suburb just north of Toronto. Okay, time for Joe's mom and me to strap on the helmets and watch another one of these videos. See ya! I get so excited talking to Robert and I'm geeked about, about going to Cedar Point OG, but I got to, I don't handle roller coasters like I used to. I haven't been to Cedar Point in probably 20 years. Yeah, I haven't been, I ran a half marathon there four years ago and uh, haven't been back since, but looking forward to it this summer. Hey, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline and we'll tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency They put what you value first, and we asked our friends in our basement Facebook group what they value, and uh, Jason says he likes a Sunny D and rum. Have you had Sunny D and rum? No. That sounds like that drink we had in the Virgin Islands, the painkiller. It kind of (laughs) tastes like Sunny D, Sunny D and rum. I don't know. That sounds good. Might make uh, their suggestion, your loved ones and your time, even more entertaining for a while. That's why they've made buying quality term life insurance actually simple. Head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life now for a free quote. That's stackingbenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life. By the way, something they don't talk about a lot is when you buy a Haven Life policy, you also get Haven Life Plus, which is a whole bunch of extra features. 
So they have relationships with uh, companies like uh, Trust and Will, which is, of course, helps you get your estate plan done. LifeSite, which is a secure online safety deposit box. Uh, the Minute Clinic, which is inside CVS pharmacies and targets, and they give you 15% discount. So not only do you get a quick experience, OG, getting your life insurance done and done right, but you also get uh, some extras. I like how Haven Life is always adding value. StackyBenjamins.com forward slash Haven Life for more. All right. Today, we're throwing out the Haven Lifeline to our new friend, Dan. Say hi, Dan. Hey, Joe and OG. I have a question about diversification. Uh, I am 46 years old. My wife is 47. And our goal is to retire when my wife reaches uh, age 65. And in order for us to reach that goal, uh, our plan is for our investments to return 7%. Our current, I have a 403B at work, and we both have Roth IRAs at Vanguard. And because of the way the various funds line up, the current allocation model we've sort of landed in is about 20% in total stock market index, 30% in large cap, 8% in mid cap, 24% in small cap, and 18% in international. And I would just wanted to get your opinion on that diversification model. I don't have any problem with volatility. I know a lot of people say that, but I legitimately don't have any problem with volatility. And specifically, I'm wondering about the mid cap and the total stock market indexes. Should I just be done with those and just be 35% large, 35% small, and 30% international? Anyway, I'd love to hear your opinion. I'm over here desperately trying to learn something, but you guys sure don't make it easy. But uh, thanks for all that you do. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for the question, Dan. We're going to try to make this one easy for you. Talking about diversification, OG says he doesn't have a problem with risk. Uh, what do you think about his lineup of funds there? I think what I would do is take a look at the correlation between those investments. And I think you'd find that many of them have some pretty profound overlap. For example, traditionally, mid cap and small cap are pretty much the same. I know Morningstar purists would go, but no, there's a different style box for mid cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But historically, the average return and the average volatility is about the same. So you're not gaining anything from a diversification standpoint by having both of those things. And you have some different, you know, additional exposure. Kind of the same thing's true with the total stock market index and everything else that you own. If you have a total stock market index and a large cap fund and a mid cap fund and a small cap fund, all you do is have one big giant total market fund with no delineation between any of it. So I think you'd find that the correlation between the total stock market fund and the other three, when put together, is exactly the same. So you're not benefiting any sort of diversification there at all. Remember, the purpose of diversification is to have some things that do other things while other things do other things. You've got to have some things that zig when other things zag. Because then it allows you to have the return of all of it, but have a built-in way to buy low and sell high through rebalancing, however so frequently you decide to do that. So I think you can be more diversified than you are, but more specifically, you have to consider how the things that you're investing in work together. Just by listening to it, it sounds like there's some pretty decent overlap. And you know, I might, uh, I might look at that. Yeah, I think that was a was a thought that I had, especially well, and and kind of the total stock market index. I mean, either either go more toward that with your yeah, you, either have all of that or none of it. Yeah, with your U.S. based stuff, or just completely do it uh, do it with the different the different pieces. The other thing I noticed too is that I didn't hear you say anything about equity real estate. I didn't hear you say anything about more specific international things like emerging markets, which we would consider like up and coming countries. Emerging so markets, speak. OG, was exactly where I was going to go. And I was also going to point out that uh, 24% in small cap, it's going to get you there over the long term. But talking about Robert Niles being here today, that's going to give you one hell of a bumpy ride. Yeah. And again, everybody says the same thing, which I find very comical. The, oh, no, no, I don't care about volatility. And that may be the case right now. Because it's all been upside volatility. And maybe you have a hundred grand instead of a million. But there is a time where you will care about it. Yeah. When you get close to spending it, sure. And that's what it that was gonna be my next point was think about when you're landing that plane to kind of uh 
get off that roller coaster a little bit because of uh, 42% between small cap and international. I would wonder myself when you talk about emerging markets, if he took that 18% international, not to play too much with his uh, asset allocation, moving some of that money to emerging markets to make sure that the international piece is uh, more small cap like his, his small cap is. I think he might not really increased his risk profile all that much for a much greater reward. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, without doing the math on it, I wouldn't know, but yeah, but just broad brushstroke, you know, side seat driving here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just, I'm thinking about all of the asset allocation models I've seen and efficient frontier models I've seen. I'm always surprised by how, by just adding something that goes a little different than what you have now adds to it, you know, back to your point, bam, emerging markets could be exactly what he's looking for. By the way, and adding on that note, investment categories, widely diversified categories that are more risky will sometimes tone down your portfolio if there are different risks than what you're currently taking. So I think people are always surprised like, whoa, emerging markets. I don't know if I want that. But if you had emerging markets, it's almost like adding a little bit of pepper to your, to your, uh, maybe salt would be better or adding a little salt. I don't know. Adding, adding something that just spices it up a little bit. Thanks for the question, Dan. We've also gotten some letters down here in the basement. Steve wants to know about portfolio management too. It's diversification day today on the show. Currently I have a diverse portfolio that includes large companies, mid-sized companies, small companies, international funds. However, they're all through Fidelity. Is it a problem that all my funds are in one brokerage firm? Thanks for that question, Steve. Uh, do you mind that they're all at Fidelity, OG? Nope. Don't care. I don't even care if they're index funds, that they're all Fidelity index funds. Well, if they're index funds, I specifically don't care. If they're actively managed funds, I sometimes care. I, I remember there was a magazine called Worth Magazine. Worth uh, was owned by Fidelity's parent company and actually had a headline. And this is a great display of separation of church and state had a cover story is fidelity dead because F- fidelity during the early two thousands went through a horrible period where fidelity's entire management team in their active side, they were stinking. And what they figured out OG was that their process for all their different funds used the same levers, pulled many of the same levers. And so they worked after that to kind of diversify how different teams and different funds manage their stuff. So if somebody has all fidelity stuff, they don't get, you know, they don't all suffer from the same. They all don't drink the same Kool-Aid the entire time, all the time. Yeah. If there's one way they analyze stuff that goes together. So I'd say if, if you have an actively managed portfolio, Steve, I'd worry about it a little bit. I'd also worry about you a little bit because you should probably be more passive (laughs) at this point in the game. But in terms of index funds, I don't think it matters. Nope. Index is index is index. Thanks for that. If you've got a question for the show, of course, head to the Haven Lifeline, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. And Dan is taking home the greatest money show on earth t-shirt, the circus that is Stacking Benjamins. Thanks to our people at Haven Life for helping us make those available. That's going to do it for today. Uh, Two quick housekeeping things. If you're somebody looking for great financial planning help in your corner, OG and his team are at the ready to interface with him and get on their calendar, head to stackybenjamins.com forward slash OG. Also, by the way, thanks to people who have left reviews of this podcast. And this is one that I've found annoying that mom has on the fridge. Uh, five stars. OG makes the show. I'm not sure what that's all about, but uh, preach. This is by not lad er stacky Benjamin's really become one of my favorite podcasts, although I'm really not sure why, given that I spend a number of hours a week listening and never learn anything. Oh, gee, seriously makes the show. No offense, Joe, you're loved as well. Thanks guys. Always great content. And the time you invest in the show is obvious. What's up. Oh, gee, that is a fun one. Although Put my shoulders back a little bit here, although they're very mistaken. <clears throat> if they only knew the truth, <laughs> if they only, they only knew. All right, that's going to do it for today. Doug, speaking of learn stuff, why don't you review what we should have learned on today's episode? So what did we learn today? 
Take some advice from Robert Niles. Headed to a regional theme park this summer? They're always offering discounts. At the very least, follow them on social media to look for price breaks. But better yet, find online forums where fans share deal suggestions. You could save a lot of money. Second, buying a house? If you're saving for any short-term goal, a high-interest rate savings account will help you earn a few bucks. But better yet, it'll keep your money safe from possible market fluctuations. You don't want to risk your goal just to bet that the stock market's going to rise. But the big lesson? You should always watch roller coasters videos with Joe's mom. That woman's a hoot! Who screams like that when they watch a video? Ah, she's killing me. Special thanks to Robert Niles for stopping by. For more on theme park deals this summer, head to his site, themeparkinsider.com. This show was created by Joe Salcihai, produced by Richie Rutter-Reese, and engineered by the amazing Steve Stewart. Online, visit us on Twitter at at SBenjamin'sCast or on our Facebook page. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and I just noticed it's just as dark and damp down here as Joe's soul. SB Podcasts may receive payment on the show from sponsors and guests in the form of books, giveaway items, discounts, or other remuneration. There's no way you would take advice from these dorks, but like Joe's mom always says, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only, and before making any financial moves, consult with a real financial advisor. It is uh, storming in Texas right now. Yeah. And I have to drive. I wish I could fly, but actually I'm kind of glad I didn't fly because I'm sure it would have got canceled or rescheduled or something. I remember when we first moved to Texas and we had our first uh, Texas-sized storm versus Michigan-sized storms. (laughs) It's cute, those Michigan thunderstorms, aren't they? It is. It rained a little bit today. Oh, my God. My kids were in college and our house was uh, kind of, when you came in from the street, you were on the upper level and then it followed a hill. So Mm -hmm. the second level was down the hill. It was, you know, it wasn't really, our house wasn't like basement, but you had to come downstairs to get to my bedroom. So I remember. Which is where everybody hung out. I remember three o'clock in the morning, man, three o'clock in the morning, our twins who were sophomores in high school and really old enough that in Michigan, they would have never been afraid of a storm unless sirens are going off and then, mm-hmm. and then everybody has a right to be, but, uh, it just, th- this storm came through and it just rattled the windows and our kids were both in our bedroom at 3 AM. <laughs> just Six, 16 years old. Yeah. It was like, we just seen a uh, horror movie and everybody was afraid out of their mind mm-hmm. and they're 12. Nope. It was a Texas storm. Oh my goodness, was that thing. I remember the windows just rattled. I'm like, what the hell is going I I was sure trees were going to come down on our house. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know, went out afterwards. No big deal. Yeah, yeah. My mom called and said, hey, I heard you uh, had some bad weather this week. I said, yeah, just some small tornadoes. <laughs> just small, t- big deal. Just, you know, did, did a little damage at gas stations. Otherwise, everybody's okay, you know. But yes, I have to drive to Houston today and um, you know, look on the map and you go, oh, that's not too far away. Yeah, it's pretty much for the folks up in the Midwest. That's like driving from Detroit to Mackinac Island. Isn't that funny? When Paula was in Austin, 
she said, because I told her I was going to be back in Texarkana at that time. She said, come down and visit. She did. She said, oh, you're going to be in Texas. Come visit. I'm like, it is six hours away. And she's like, Kinda no like way. like driving to Vegas from Los Angeles. You could go from Texarkana on one end of Texas over to El Paso, which is the border city on the, on, on the, the New Mexico side. And you put your hands there between the two of them. And then you rotate the El Paso finger up. You can go from Texarkana to El Paso or Texarkana to Toledo, Ohio. And it's the same distance. Mm-hmm. You're almost all the way to Michigan. Just long going, ways. going across Texas. It's a long way. So about four and a half hours, and uh, and this line of storms is like straight up, just right down I forty five. Sweet. So I'm trying to drag my feet a little bit to. We'll have fun with that because nobody wants to do yeah. that. No, that's ugly. Well, stay safe, my friend. Well, stackers, this episode is over, but you know what? Your homework has just begun, and it's not about what you know, it's about what you do. And partnering with the right organizations is a huge part of your success. Well, let me tell you, becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Now, not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you could start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, Add money at any time and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Considering a big home improvement project, maybe you want to consolidate debt, begin stackers with your debt strategy. Decide what the best terms are and conditions for the debt that you want to take and then decide on the products. And with Navy Federal, you could borrow up to 100% of your home's equity with a fixed rate home equity loan with zero closing costs or easily borrow as you go with a home equity line of credit. Both options could help make life's big expenses seem more manageable as you work your way through life. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equalizing lender, membership required, Terms and conditions apply, loans subject to approval.